0: We love playing at home. Once again, I think we have some of the best fans in the league, and getting wins at home is is extremely important, and and I think we have a really good road team too, um, but there's there's nothing like playing at home. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers, will be with us live in 30 minutes. Christian McCaffrey and those Panthers are among the leading vote-getters for Best of the Weekend, but they have plenty of company. As we come back to your statewide phone calls, as we're being heard in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns and others around the world listening online, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? NC State football was crushed at Wake Forest. The Deeks are among the best of the weekend. They improved to seven and one. 44 to 10 was the final score. Jamie Newman returned from his injury, and that was bad news for the pack. 25 for 38, 287 yards, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. Then he ran for two more touchdowns, so Jamie Newman continues to play some of the best quarterback in the ACC and even around the nation. Bryce Perkins and UVA followed that theme. Almost 500 total yards. For the Virginia Cavaliers dual-threat quarterback Bryce Perkins, he was on all the preseason All-ACC teams. He's taken a lot of beatings behind that UVA offensive line, but he torched the Tar Heels, five touchdowns and almost 500 total yards. UVA takes a step toward a Coastal Division title, although there's plenty of season still to go. The Tar Heels fall to four and five, a lot of energy around that program. Great performances by their true freshman quarterback, Sam Howell, and De'Ami Brown, their young wide receiver, but it was in defeat as the Virginia Cavaliers took that close win over the heels at Keenan Stadium. What was the best that you saw? What was the worst you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? Scott on Twitter, at David Glenshow does not like the use of the word stumped that Wake stomped NC State. And he has some kind of paranoid conspiracy theory, like we're out to get the Wolfpack, right? I gave the numbers, folks. The last time Wake beat an ACC team by more than 34 points at what is now bb Field was 1968. I mean, <laughs> if that's not an appropriate time to use the word stomping, or whipping, or whatever your favorite is, I'm not sure what is, 44 to 10. I mean, the Tar Heels played wake close, right? It went down to the wire. Louisville went to the same place and beat the Demon Deacons. Boston College played wake close. I'm aware, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, of the Wolfpack's injuries. Their original forecast, the guys they thought would be starting most games, out of those original 22 dudes on the depth chart, like 13 of them, are either out for the season or have missed large stretches through injuries. So remember, Larry Fedora had that crazy injury year and the Tar Heels crashed. David Cutcliffe at Duke had that crazy injury year and the Blue Devils face planted that year as well. You just never know. It's one of the most unpredictable aspects of football. I don't think it's the only thing that explains the Wolfpack's downfall, and they still can get to a bowl. They're four and four. The Wolfpack's record right now is actually better than the Tar Heels record. Four and four versus four and five. They play each other, of course, to finish the regular season. We'll be there at Carter-Finley with the big tailgate tour both this coming Saturday when Clemson comes to town and in that regular season finale when it's the Tar Heels at the Wolfpack. Quarterback woes explain part of the NC State demise. Injuries explain part of the demise. But after a lot of optimism over Devin Leary, The same Wake defense that gave up 62 points to Scott Satterfield in Louisville, and they've had quarterback issues with the Cardinals, uh, shut down the Wolfpack, and Devin Leary was not the answer after... Matthew McKay and Bailey Hockman had started the previous seven games. Devin Leary got his shot. He's a talent at, as a redshirt freshman, but he also failed to get that offense going. There's a lot of reasons for the Wolfpack and its middling season so far. Injuries are only one of those. Others did a lot better against Wake, and they just Deeks just lost one of their best defensive players for the season. So Dave Claussen has to deal with some injuries as well. It was a face plant. There's no lipstick to put on that pig. Our job is to call it as it is accurately. And whereas we celebrated five straight bowl years for Dave Doran and we celebrated two straight NFL-caliber quarterbacks for Dave Doran in Jacoby Brissett and these last three years, Ryan Finley, we kind of told you all summer long to expect a coming back to earth. Your offensive coordinator guru, Eli Drinkwitz, left to take the App State job. Your three-year starting NFL quarterback is now the starter for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. A lot of NFL talent left that roster, and we told you that your expectations were unrealistic if you thought Dave Doran was just going to crank out a third straight nine-win season. We told you you were delusional. We proved to be right in that regard, and that was a 44-10 whooping by the Deacons of the Wolfpack. If you can't see that, you have your own issues. Try not to be a paranoid conspiracy theorist when all the evidence entirely backs up the description of that game as a stomping. In Wake's case, again, first like it since 1968 at home against an ACC opponent. Follow the evidence, folks. When you see that kind of evidence and you scream hashtag fake news, you're as delusional as other people who like to use that phrase. 1-800-849-2761. It can't just be a paranoid conspiracy theorist theory because you're hearing something you'd rather not hear. Half the teams in the ACC right now are hearing things they'd rather not hear. Willie Taggart just got fired at Florida State. Dino Babers just had to fire his defensive coordinator at Syracuse. The Tar Heels have some energy, but they also have a losing record right now. We told Duke fans it's probably not going to be as smooth with Daniel Jones moving on to the NFL. Sure enough, Duke is kind of treading water with a 500 record. That's the way things usually work unless you have the next NFL-caliber quarterback ready to go when you send a Daniel Jones of Duke or a Ryan Finley of NC State off to the next level. Pack had plenty of company, but in most other cases, App State lost a close one at home. To rival Georgia Southern last Thursday night, right? The Tar Heels lost a close one at home to UVA in the battle for uh, coastal supremacy. Uh, ECU lost a close one to a top 25 Cincinnati team. Virginia Tech lost a close one, 21 20 at Notre Dame. Heck, we were at the Elon game. They lost a close one, five overtimes. The Phoenix fell to William and Mary. Those are all close calls. SMU fell from the ranks of the unbeaten this weekend, right? First loss of the, for the Mustangs, it came at Memphis, another really good team in the AAC. Almost all of those games were single-possession games, 44-10, to 10 and setting a record not seen since 1968, I think that backs up the use of whooping or stomping or anything else that you'd like to throw in there quite nicely. Gary and Wilson, you're next on The David Glenn Show. Welcome to the program. Hello, David. Aloha, my friend. What's going on, best and worst of the weekend style?
1: Well, uh, worst of the weekend I'll go first, I feel, is the firing of Taggart. Uh, Florida State could still go 8-6 and six and win a bowl game, and very logically 8-5 and five and win a bowl game. And even if they were to let him go at the end of the year, the public, perception of the program would be much better if that baton is passed after a whole season than a partial season.
0: Man, I just don't see what you see from Willie Taggart. I, I, I'm not a believer that he was going to be the guy to turn them around. What explains all those penalties? What explains, you know, Kirk Herbstreet pointing out, these guys look like they want to get into a UFC fight more than they want to play and win a football game those questionable discipline issues are traceable to the coaching staff. And when it happens two years in a row, I just don't have the same optimism that you have. I will add that Willie Taggart, uh, again, I don't cheer for anybody to lose any job, much less their dream job. He was classy on his way out the door. He wrote on his Twitter account, I think it was, at Coach Taggart. Obviously, I'm disappointed in the decision today, as I believe our future is bright at Florida State. Building a program and a culture takes time, and I regret we will not have the opportunity to continue to coach these incredible young men. I want to thank, first and foremost, our student-athletes who never stopped believing and who deserve to find success. I want to thank our coaches and staff who believed in what we were building and who are among the finest men and women in our profession. He even thanked the Florida State faithful for their support, as he said, we work toward building a program they could be proud of. On behalf of my family and me, we wish Florida State nothing but the best, and they will be cheering on the Seminoles the rest of the way. So credit Willie Taggart at a very difficult time, I imagine, personally, even if you have $18 million in buyout money coming your way over these uh, next handful of years. Uh, that is what you'd hope to see from a guy even on you know the most disappointing day of his professional career. So I shared Florida State's skepticism in a way that maybe you did not. But what did you have for best of the weekend, Gary?
1: Well, uh, I have Dave Clawson and the Wake Forest team for a reason other than what we have heard earlier. I have them down for the discipline and the sportsmanship shown by the Demon Deacon under his leadership. With NC State Saturday, it was clear that what Wake Forest was trying to do in the second half was simply run out the
0: clock. There's no doubt about it. Actually, Dave Clausen could have made that whooping. Sixty something to ten, if he wanted to. Anybody who sees that saw that game knows what I'm talking about. Jamie Newman, the star quarterback, was taken out. I forget at what point in the third quarter. Third stringers were out there. Forty-four to ten was out of the kindness of Dave Clawson's heart, as he probably didn't even know they were setting that record. Biggest margin of victory at home against an ACC opponent since 1968. That's rarefied air. And uh, he showed some mercy on the Wolfpack for sure. Appreciate you playing, Gary. 1-800-849-2761. More of your best and worst of the weekend. Many nominees from the football world, but Kevin Harvick from NASCAR, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and North Carolina's own Chris Clemens from the basketball world. More basketball as well, college style, because the return of college hoops regular season Action is tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Number four, Duke taking on number three, Kansas. Number two, Kentucky taking on number one, Michigan State, and that made for TV doubleheader. State hosts Georgia Tech. I think Kevin Keats has another NCAA tournament team for the Pack. Louisville, one of the preseason favorites along with Duke in the ACC, visits Miami. All these games are tomorrow night. Carolina hosts Notre Dame on Wednesday, Danny Manning and the Demon Deacons visit Boston College on Wednesday, and Tony Bennett and last year's national champion UVA, they visit the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim and Syracuse at the Carrier Dome on Wednesday night. I know they don't call it that anymore, but it's hard to get that out of my head, the Carrier Dome. More of your best and worst of the weekend, more of my best and worst of the weekend. Florida State needs a new football coach. Cam Newton will need significantly more time to get back into action for the Panthers after seeing a foot specialist in Green Bay over the weekend that was. More on that story. Mick Mixon joins us live in 15 minutes, the play-by-play voice of your Carolina Panthers. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and others joined Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers on the NFL Best of the Weekend list. More on those stories with more of your calls. We have open lines for the first time in a long time. You can be next, 1-800-849-2761. It's more best and worst of the weekend, and our thoughts and yours on the headlines of the day. That's next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We ask folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. Uh, (laughs) I don't see how you
2: can be mellow and, and coach a game that can't happen if it does then you shouldn't be
0: coaching keep it here on the david glenn show
3: i thought it would be a defensive game and uh, obviously it wasn't from from either standpoint but the i think the biggest difference in the game is is they were five for five in the red zone we were one for three and this was going to be whoever scored the most and uh just disappointed that we didn't we didn't finish it like we needed to
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Mack Brown of UNC speaking to the media after Virginia's win in Chapel Hill. Bryce Perkins and the Cavs, Jamie Newman and the Deeks. Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs. In their case, they went to Jacksonville, Florida and beat number six, the Florida Gators, among the bigger wins of the college football weekend. Christian McCaffrey, and the Panthers collectively getting a lot of votes as well. They're 5-3, and three, and in the playoff picture after that 30-20 to 20 win over Tennessee, it was a dominating performance, more so than the 10-point margin of victory might suggest. The Carolina Hurricanes, including our guest Jordan Martinook of the Canes, were there in person at Bank of America Stadium with team owner Tom Dundon as the Canes kind of returned the favor of what the Panthers did in supporting the Canes during their playoff run last year. That was the best of the weekend for a lot of folks as was Christian McCaffrey putting to p- continuing to put up some of the best single-season numbers for a running back in the history of that league. Only six guys ever have had more yards from scrimmage through their first eight regular-season games than the 1,244 that McCaffrey has right now. That leads the NFL, as does Christian's 13 touchdowns through the first half of this regular season. More of your best and worst of the weekend with more of mine. Chuck is in Wilmington. As we come to your calls, The votes are pouring in for others in the NFL and college football. And a quick reminder on the latter as you look forward to the first college football playoff committee rankings. That's tomorrow night. Remember, you've been seeing the AP media poll. You've been seeing the coaches poll. The committee, by rule, doesn't put out its rankings. And, of course, these are the only rankings that matter later when it comes to picking the four teams that end up in the college football playoff. The top four will be, in some order, undefeated LSU and undefeated Alabama, who play each other this coming Saturday, by the way, undefeated Ohio State and undefeated Clemson, the king of the ACC. Don't fret if you're a fan of one of these other undefeated teams. There is going to be more cannibalization. Tomorrow night's rankings will be interesting because maybe you want to see if your favorite one-loss team. Maybe you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan and you just beat Florida and Jacksonville. You're 7 and 1 and you know you're not dead yet, right? It will be intriguing to see how the committee values your one-loss resume as it compares to 8 and 1 Oregon or 8 and 1 Utah. The Pac-12 is not dead yet. They've kind of come back from the dead Halloween style since a slow start to the season. Oklahoma is 7-1. and one. So how are those one-loss resumes ranked? Not that that ranking can't change, but it'll be intriguing at least. Not the end of the world, just the first rankings, but intriguing. Similarly, Penn State hasn't lost yet. Minnesota hasn't lost yet. They play each other this coming Saturday. Baylor hasn't lost yet. They play Oklahoma later this year. There will be cannibalization among the top 10 in part because there are so many head-to-head matchups but the top four will be LSU Alabama Ohio State and Clemson why was Willie Taggart fired in only his second year at Florida State because the Seminoles view themselves in football as similar to LSU Alabama Ohio State and Clemson they also those four also have multiple national titles in the last 20 or so years so do the Seminoles so with those like you competing for the college football playoff again, and you nowhere near that neighborhood the last two years under Willie Taggart. That's why you're not going to get as much time, space, and as many years to turn things around, especially if you face plant and miss a bowl the way they did last year at Florida State for the first time in more than three decades, and you follow it up with that loss to rival Miami Saturday in Tallahassee in front of a partly empty stadium there. The finances of firing Willie Taggart were expensive, roughly $18 million in buyout money. The finances of keeping him, just remember, would maybe have been similarly expensive. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Y'all could probably guess why guys like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or Anthony Davis got best of the weekend votes, even if you're not an NBA diehard and you're not watching early regular season NBA action. Kawhi had an MJ-like game this weekend for the Clippers, who do look like one of the best teams in the NBA. Now that they have Kawhi active and Paul George getting uh, um, active soon after his injury issues, he was shut down for the most part. Kawhi Leonard was. And then in the second half, went all MJ on everybody and just took over the game. I think he was like one for nine in the first half against a really good game plan. And instead of losing to the Utah Jazz at the Staples Center, he scores 18 of his 30 points, Kawhi Leonard, in the final 10 minutes as the Clippers beat another of the better teams out west, 105-94. to Similarly, the Lakers beat the Spurs. LeBron and AD and friends are 5-1, second-best record in the NBA. As expected, the Lakers and the Clippers are among the best in that business right now. LeBron had 21 points, 13 assists, and 11 rebounds. A little triple-double for the King. Anthony Davis had 25 points and 11 rebounds. Former UNC star Danny Green has been a huge free agent acquisition for the Lakers. So they beat the Spurs. AD and LeBron are the stars. Their best of the weekend for those reasons. As we come to your calls, Chuck in Wilmington and you, 1-800-849-2761. I had to add one more for local purposes from the NBA, even as most of the votes and today's calls are about college football or the NFL. Chris Clemens is 5'9", and was told he'd have a hard time being a high school star. At Millbrook High School here in Raleigh, he became one of the greatest players in the history of that school. And then he was told he was too small for the next level. And the schools in this state mostly did not recruit him. But at Campbell University in Buies Creek, North Carolina, they saw something special in this five-foot-nine dynamo guard, and he not only became the greatest player in Campbell Camels basketball history, he ended up being the number three scorer in the history of Division I men's basketball. Right here in Little Buies Creek, Chris Clemens from Millbrook High School to Campbell. Again, he's told, man, what you did at Millbrook is fantastic. What you did for Campbell was off the charts. But for the third time at least, jumping from one level to the next, he's told, And I don't know if you're an NBA guy. You could probably make six figures overseas. You might be able to climb the ladder by starting out in the G League and maybe someday making an NBA roster. Sure enough, that cat not only is on the Houston Rockets roster, he got some playing time this weekend. So imagine his dream... How many times was he told, no way, love what you've done, but I don't know what, how it's going to work at the next level. Y'all know how long those defensive wingspans are. If you're 5'9", it's not easy to just beat a guy off the dribble maybe the way you could frequently at Campbell. It's not easy to just shoot over somebody's outstretched arms when wing players are sometimes 6'9", with, you know, seven foot two wingspans. Not easy. Just gets harder at every level for everybody in most walks of life, right? He did play for Houston this weekend and he did score his first NBA points last night. If you missed it, Russell Westbrook, new to the Rockets, NBA star, of course, kind of handed it off to Chris Clemens. What's the new? What is the NBA three point line, Darren? It's like 23 feet, something near that. Yeah. Chris Clemens, I'm telling you, he's three feet or more behind the three-point line. And it was kind of garbage time, and Chris has a two-way contract, so he could end up in the G League at any time. Gerald Green, Rockets veteran wing player, got hurt in the preseason, and that kind of cracked the door open for Chris to realize his NBA dream. So he did make the roster. He had been sitting on the bench through these opening weeks of the regular season, and then he got the opportunity, handoff, Just a little drop pass from Russell Westbrook, just like a casual pass. Like, Clemens, go ahead and initiate the offense. And Clemens, like, nope, I, I got an open look from 28 feet. I've had this NBA dream for a long time. I'm letting this baby fly. Nothing but net from a long way away as another from our backyard realizes his NBA dream. Chris Clements from Millbrook High School in Raleigh to the Campbell Camels in Bowie's Creek to the Houston Rockets of the NBA to last night, the first points of his young NBA career. Chuck in Wilmington, welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead. Hey, bud, what's going on? I'm doing great. What's on your mind?
2: My best is um, from down here in Wilmington, Saturday. The Orioles and the Athletics in the uh, Miracle League Baseball. Yeah um down in Miracle Field which shout out to Trot Nix and his family's very much responsible for it. Indeed. But it's special needs baseball. Mhm. And man, they had they had a game. It was great. They had trophy presentations all the, and they don't give out trophies for participation. Right. They give out trophies for your play. And shout out to my nephew Andrew Wills who hit two home runs but um Anybody in the Wilmington area that doesn't enjoy Miracle Field and watching these guys play is missing out on something.
0: I'll tell you what, I don't know how often you get to listen, but uh, I happen to be a guy who got married in Wilmington, engaged in Wilmington. I do a lot of work with the Greater Wilmington Sports Hall of Fame down there. I vacation down there. Uh, I'm also a big believer in in sports being about more than sports. And, for example, I know what the Miracle League is. I've seen it with my own eyes. We actually do – Live shows occasionally from pediatric hospitals, you know, cancer hospitals where family get the worst possible news, and then you just get to see and try your best to make kids smile and make their families smile as they're on these uh, journeys they didn't expect to take. And I'll just add one more thing. At the Panthers game this weekend, I don't know how many caught this, but there were 21 pediatric cancer patients at the game. And kind of like some traditions in college football, is it... Iowa State that waves, Iowa, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes wave, the, the windows of the Children's Hospital actually overlook the football stadium for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and it's become a tradition that the players wave, and there's usually, you know, you can see the lights on, you can see the young people waving back. There was very much a moment like that at Bank of America Stadium yesterday, where a bunch of Panthers players, I'm not sure if it was before the game or during a timeout or whatever, but... They just kind of took a moment, dozens of them, to wave up at 21 pediatric cancer patients who had come out to see the Panthers play the Titans. You know, obviously these guys have to win a football game and play well to keep their jobs, but uh, it's neat to see them going above and beyond in that capacity, and it's neat to see somebody like you, Chuck, getting meaning out of uh, something like the Miracle League. What was your uh, other best or worst of the weekend? (laughs) The other worst is that cut, over Diaz, eye. I saw and that. that. Nate, Nate Diaz in a UFC bout, right? Cannot believe it. Never seen anything like that in my life. Did Were they right um, to stop it? I mean, Nate I, Diaz. Know, I, I really don't know. They say it
2: wasn't the worst.
0: Yeah. Um, they say there's been, you know, more blood.
2: But as far as a cut being that bad, I don't think there ever has been anything like that. For a doctor to actually say, man, look, you, you can't do this anymore.
0: I saw, and the the winner's name was George Masvidal. Is that my pronouncing that right? Masvidal? Something like that? This guy, like, came from the streets. And nobody knew, not at this point anymore, but they originally found him as somebody like, you know, beating people up in an alley. Like, Darren, you and I are starting our own version of Dana White's UFC, and this guy's just a nut job, and he just, he'll fight anybody anywhere, doesn't matter what the rules are. Throw barbed wire and glass out there, and he'll fight somebody. And then he was discovered, and he apparently is overachieved compared to what was expected of him. He has skill. Uh, And at some point in the UFC, you better be more than just a tough dude. Like, you better have – you better know how to defend yourself. You better be able to put somebody to sleep if necessary. You better be able to wrestle from the ground. It it becomes kind of art and science and and MMA, uh, all those mixed martial arts. And this guy is the one who took out Nate Diaz, who's one of the better guys in the UFC, uh, because that wicked cut, man, it just was gushing blood. Anybody for th- anybody who doesn't like seeing blood probably tuned out at that moment. And sometimes the doctors just let them keep going. Uh, I'm no expert on where you draw that line. I'd be tapping out in the heartbeat, man. Just let me live to see another day. Uh, Diaz was disappointed, I think, as the competitive guys usually are. But uh, it was compelling content. That was the, for those who love MMA or UFC, that was the featured match on what, Saturday night, I think it was, at Madison Square Garden. And you know how the fans can be. They wanted to see these guys fight till the end, and the doctor stopping it because of the wicked deep cut. Uh, was not what they wanted to see. 1-800-849-2761. Appreciate the phone call from the wonderful Port City of Wilmington. Speaking of wonderful, he is one of the better play-by-play voices that we know personally and one of the best in the National Football League. Mick Mixon, had the call as the Panthers beat Tennessee and got to 5-3 and three at the midpoints of the regular season. Cam Newton got bad news from a foot specialist and will not not be returning to action anytime soon. But the Panthers on the field, led by Kyle Allen, and even more so Christian McCaffrey putting up those some of the best numbers in NFL history for a running back in a single season. It was a lot of great news for Ron Rivera and company. We'll talk all things NFL with Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers. Your calls later. Mick Mixon next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime.
3: Hey, I'll be your intern after this Everything open, man.
0: We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day (laughs) and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Excellent bump music there, Darren Vaughn. Is this in honor of Finn Lizzie being. A rock and roll Hall of Fame nominee? Yeah, when they were is? announced as a nominee, I Just think this is one of three guitar. or four new ones that I pulled. Great guitar for bump purposes. Mick Mixon, play by play voice of the Panthers, is joining us momentarily. Everybody remember this preseason chatter about the Carolina Panthers? Coming out of a weekend where, shout out to Sean McDermott in the Buffalo Bills. That guy inherited a program after being the Panthers defensive coordinator with distinction. The Buffalo Bills have not exactly had a nice track record of making the playoffs over the last couple of decades he continues to do a great job there. The Bills are 6-2 and two at midseason. Best of the weekend more so for 6-2 and two than for beating a really bad Washington team yesterday. Deshaun Watson and the Texans beat Jacksonville in London on Sunday morning. Perhaps your full day of NFL entertainment started with Texans over Jaguars. Deshaun Watson over whatever Minshew, Magic, or Mania might be left in Jacksonville. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners got it rolling last Thursday night. San Francisco sisco's the only undefeated team in the nfl now eight 0 the patriots fell from those ranks if you enjoyed you know 15 straight hours of football it might have started with houston over jacksonville in london and it, then it would have ended with the ravens taking out the patriots 37 to 20 lamar jackson with another big night bill belichick and the patriots taking their first defeat now we have them play-by-play voice of the carolina panthers he was on the call as Kyle Allen improved to 5-1 and one as the Panthers starter. And, of course, we'll ask him about Cam Newton as well as contractually ob- obligated. Mick, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Sorry for the delay,
3: DG. A lesser show I would have just done on my cell phone, but I wanted to hustle down here to my landline so I could give you the maximum audio quality possible.
0: Hey, total respect on that. We appreciate you in every way that you can join us. Cam Newton saw a foot specialist, so as Ron Rivera said earlier today, he wants to address the elephant in the room before he gets to any other questions. We'll do the same thing with you, Mick Mixon. Uh, Surgery was not recommended, but the recovery timetable sounds like it will linger at least to Thanksgiving, if not longer. Uh, What else, if anything, did Ron Rivera share about... uh, the face of the franchise offensively and and his future in a Panthers uniform.
3: Nothing. He, <laughs> he he was he didn't throw the reporters out of practice, but he he was getting it looked like he was getting a little ouchy with it as the reporters after coach Rivera said, "The guys, that's all I'm going to say about it." Then of course, they want right. to they, they think with their ability to rephrase the question and then cleverly package it in a different way maybe coach will say something and that wasn't going to happen so we had to do the little press conference texas two-step for a while but uh, the, the i think the operative word is rest for for cam newton's foot and then you know kyle allen will continue to be uh be the guy i asked coach rivera dg just now uh, taping a segment for panther talk tonight i said could Ky- is it possible i know we don't I'm trying to see the future the nfl doesn't really like for you to try to do that but is it possible that Kyle Allen could be somebody in the NFL? Yep. What do you think?
0: No, I mean, he's at least proven himself to be a high caliber backup quarterback in this league. I mean, and that's nobody, nobody that I know uh, on the outside. Maybe Kyle Allen and his family, maybe North Turner and his assistants, I don't know. Uh, I don't know anybody who would have said that with confidence three or four months ago, and now I feel like the whole league would like to have, unless you have Teddy Bridgewater at New Orleans, uh, the whole league would love to have somebody like Kyle Allen as uh, their backup quarterback. Who knows if he can be you know, a full-time starter somewhere, Carolina or otherwise. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was once again the star. We actually heard MVP chants at Bank of America Stadium Uh, What has jumped out at you about this chapter of this story as, Mick, only six players in NFL history have had more yards from scrimmage through the first eight games of any regular season, and that list of six includes Hall of Famers such as Jim Brown and Marshall Falk.
3: The field is the same size as it was back when Jim Brown played. It's about 160 feet wide. And of course, a hundred yards long, but players are faster now. So in a lot of ways, the field is smaller. Yeah. So that McCaffrey is able to do what he's able to do with defenses, with modern twitchy, angry, fast, closing speed, uh, tacklers aligned to try to stop him first, that he's still able to do it is, it's just amazing. I mean, I think we're kind of running out of adjectives, to describe this this unique athlete, and I was proud of the Panthers and North Turner yesterday. And I'm you know I'm nobody, but just trying to call the game. But just to watch it, that the Panthers found other ways because this will be the key moving forward. Defenses can take away; doesn't matter how good you are. Defenses can, if they devote enough resources to it, can take away something that you do really well. The key then will be can, to what degree you can make them pay for doing that. And to me, it was the best. Day of the year so far for the receiving core. You know, Olson was solid. Arma, same thing. Uh, and, and that's going to be the key, right? Is other guys being productive when defenses are paying that much attention to the 22.
0: Mick Mixon joining us, the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Panthers. This may have been off your radar, given your uh, tunnel vision and job responsibilities, and even vantage point on game day but Christian McCaffrey ducks into a tunnel there at Bank of America Stadium. And not only are there a bunch of members of the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team, uh, and also the owner, Tom Dundon, kind of returning a favor after David Tepper and a whole bunch of Panthers had supported the Canes through their playoff run last year. But Christian looks up and is like, Man, there's a whole lot of me in this line, meaning every, pan, every Hurricanes player was wearing a Christian McCaffrey jersey. Uh, have you seen like this McCaffrey story or this Panthers story, you know, grow a lot of legs in a lot of directions because there's some cool promotional stuff, cross promotional stuff with the Hurricanes hockey team. And I know it feels like there are different celebrities showing up at Bank of America Stadium all the time.
3: Yeah, I have, and, and well uh, well articulated on your your part, DG. You told the, the hockey story better than I ever could. And uh, I was just reading some of the clips this morning about – there was, and there was one that caught my eye about Derrick Henry. Apparently Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey – the players do this jersey exchange. Did yeah. you see this? Yeah. Where McCaffrey uh, is asked by Henry – I think I got this right – is to, to sign MVP, to put MVP – as McCaffrey signing his jersey – to put MVP wow. on there, something like wow. that. So the the idolatry of of of, an, of of a somebody like a Derek Henry to a Christian McCaffrey, one running back to another, that's the career peer respect that that has to make Christian feel pretty good in in a private moment.
0: Mick Mixon is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Mario Addison uh, missed the game, but yet got a post game game ball from Ron Rivera. Uh, the audience knows that Mario's dealing with the recent death of his brother. What else can you share about that story? Because it was another reminder that football can often be more than about just football, and it, the Panthers have that family thing going.
3: You know it. I thought that was so, so cool. that Kyle Love came out with the Mario Addison jersey, and, and I thought, you know what? That's That's not going to go well for Tennessee. That's yeah. one of those. And, and, and it, this is you – know, you watch sports movies or you watch too much TV or you get caught up in the rah-rah-yay team. You know, you know it's pro sports and, and factors, business factors are at work. But to see that – to see Mario Addison affect the game by not being there, I mean, that's storybook.
0: Mick Mixon joining us on the David Glenn Show. Speaking of storybook, I don't know how often you get to chat with Colin Jones, special team superstar, but he sounded like somebody, I think his phrase was, man, I've been waiting almost a decade to call this fake punt play. And most impressively to me, it looked like the Titans after cutting that lead to 17-7. There it is, third quarter. The Panthers are on their own 36, so clearly Riverboat Ron had to give a green light to even Colin Jones. I don't know what he saw, but uh, did you either talk to Colin or do you know the backdrop to that? That's a ballsy fourth and four call on your own 36, and with the initial contact being what Mick two two yards from the first down marker, it looked like Colin Jones got at least half of that by himself
3: and then F.A. Obata came and pushed him from behind to help him get yeah. the other three feet. Right.
0: Uh,
3: nobody asked me for, for suggestions on ball plays, although it's not the worst idea I ever heard. <laughs> but if they did, I would say that the Panthers should name their fake punt Comet because we fake a punt about as often as
0: or Haley. We'll just call it. I forget how long, how often does Haley's comment come around? I don't know. That's not frequently. It's something
3: I was like 80, 77 years or something (laughs) like that. That's about how often we fake a punt around here. So I'm not even convinced that coach Rivera knew that it was, that it was coming. I think it was one of those where it's in, it's talked about, but it, but it's, ma- it's a decision made by the personal protector, Colin Jones, in the moment. And it was just the perfect alignment of the stars. It's fourth and four from the minus 36. If it's fourth and one, the Titans may be in punt safe. But not at fourth and four. There's no way from the minus 36. So, so that the Panthers had that going for them. And then for Colin Jones to make that call, and then boom, it, it, you know, he, he sweeps right. And, uh, and picks up the first down. That was huge because at that moment in the game, the Titans had just marched down the field on that touchdown drive. They had the momentum.
0: In about 30 seconds, remind us of what awaits the Panthers in the second half because five and three does put you in the NFC playoff picture, but it just feels like other than the Falcons, that second half schedule is even tougher. It
3: gets kind of brutal. So it goes – from here on out, it goes road, home, road, home, road, home. It alternates home and road the rest of the way. we still got Atlanta twice, still got New Orleans twice. Mm. And up next, the Green Bay Packers, who got striped yesterday against the Chargers. Right. I mean, they Chargers ran the ball, just trampled a Green Bay defense that had been very, very stiff against the run. So Green Bay is going to have a big mat on, 30-degree high, 18 degrees for a low in Wisconsin for this weekend. That's the forecast.
0: Well done. Uh,
3: So it's going to, yeah, Seattle's come in here. We go to the Colts. We got Washington. It's going to be interesting.
0: He's Mick Mixon. He knows that I'm out and we're back after this. Jerome Robinson. Are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Uh, You know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's a hugger. Uh, You're listening to The David Glenn Show. All right, hour number 3 We'll begin with more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. What was the best you saw? College football and NFL have been dominating for the most part. Some NBA, some NASCAR, some hockey, and other things. Jordan Martinook of the Canes, Mick Mixon of the Panthers in the books. It's back to your calls and the headlines of the day. 1-800-849-2761. Next. Roy Williams, welcome back
2: to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by. and He reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains, and about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings.
0: <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.